The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Thursday morning, ready for week two to begin. Jamie and Heath, who do you like tonight? Browns minus six, hosting Cincinnati. Open at eight and a half, down to six. Who are you taking? Browns to win, Bengals to cover. You know who really wins America? That was nonsense last week, having Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson on Thursday Night Football. This is what we want. (laughs) The Bengals and the Browns. Oh, Thursday night. Now, listen, you know, you've got last week, you didn't have two number one overall picks playing quarterback against each other. This week, you do. Last week, you had $633 million worth of quarterbacks (laughs) handing off a lot. So uh, we'll see how tonight goes. We'd like to see them hand off a lot tonight. (laughs) Gosh, think about how much this question has changed, but like where you rank Baker Mayfield among quarterbacks. I I mean, would you rather have, you were starting a franchise, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Yeah, I'd probably rather, I can at least design an offense to make Josh Allen a good quarterback. I, I, I don't know how you would do that for Baker Mayfield. I don't even know who to compare Baker Mayfield to. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke. Tim Couch. Tim Couch. Yeah, Dave said yesterday something like, "Whatever, I don't know what's whatever's been ailing Odell Beckham Jr. for the last year plus or whatever." And I wanted to be like Baker Mayfield. All right, we'll, we'll see. Baker Mayfield. Like as an example, and I I like to do these polls like right in the heat of the moment, so yeah. the um, recency bias carries the day. But on Monday morning or Sunday night, I asked Twitter who they'd rather have as their quarterback: Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, or Gardner Minshew. And Gardner Minshew won ninety percent of the vote. Oh my goodness! I still have like two thousand votes. I still they have may have vote. that. They may have that option in next year when the Jaguars take <laughs> <Yeah>. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> there's no way the Jaguars are getting the number one pick now. I don't know if there's no way. I mean, they pulled off an upset where they had plenty of time to prepare for the other team. So let's see how they do this week. Look, let's see what happens with the Browns this week. Can they turn the page? Can they can they, you know, do better against a much better matchup? They're obviously not on the Ravens level, but we got a lot to learn tonight, hopefully, and let's not bury Baker Mayfield yet. Um, but speaking of heat of the moment, Twitter polls, yeah, so after um the after Thursday night's game or during Thursday night's game, I did a Twitter poll, Clyde Edward Zelaer or Alvin Kamara, and Clyde Edward Zelaer won. And then Sunday I did a Twitter poll. 
Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards Elair, and Josh Jacobs won. So now Josh Jacobs is going ahead of Alvin Kamara, who's actually going to be. So now it's Jacobs, Edwards Elair, Kamara, according to the Twitter poll rankings. All right. Jacobs, so Jacobs is on pace for 60 catches. It's Uh not going to happen, but that's what he's on pace for. If he had a 60 catch season last year, where would he be drafted? Seventh? Third? Yeah, I would say top five. Easy. Well, well, I don't know. You know, look, does he crack that top five? Yes. I mean, if he had a 60 catch season last year, he would have been better than all of He he probably would have been second, honestly, because he would have been better than Barkley and Kamara. He would probably would have been better than Zeke. Yeah. I mean, would, right, would have been in that same. That He's been a rookie that just had was the number two running back in fantasy. We probably would have taken him second. He's pretty good. He's uh, he's got a tough matchup this week, and we're going to preview that game. Give me some players you love this week, player or players you love this week. Today, by the way, the AFC home games plus will do uh, Philadelphia and the Rams. We'll throw that one in there as well. But Jamie, why don't you, you want to start with the start of the week? Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. I think uh, you're going to get a great performance from him at home. He's facing a Broncos defense that has to travel after a Monday night game that just lost one of their cornerbacks that's down their best pass rusher. Ben's at home. Running back situation could be a little bit messy. You know, Benny Snell, we love him if he's going to be the guy, but he's, uh, I don't think you're going to get uh, Roethlisberger in his first home game in over a year, not throwing for multiple touchdowns in this game. I'd be very shocked if he doesn't light up this Broncos defense. So Jamie's got him ninth, Dave ninth. He's 15th on Roethlisberger. Yeah, I moved him up. I, like I saw the email yesterday that he was the start of the week and I had him 16th. And so I moved him up to 15th. I'm trying, I'll be trying to find ways this morning to get him into the top 12. Listen, it's, and I had a really hard time finding like streaming quarterbacks that I could actually suggest that people might start because my top 15 or 16 quarterbacks are just all like they're all not, they're all not the same. But they're all starters. They're all guys that were drafted. They're all owned in 80 to 90% of leagues. Like, I don't think I've got Ben Roethlisberger 15th. There's nobody even close to a streamer that I would start over him. If you have Ben Roethlisberger, I think you should start him. I'm starting him in leagues. It's just there's so many good quarterbacks. Would you start him over to Sean Watson at the Ravens? I would not, but I'm just starting to Sean Watson. Easily (laughs) over to Sean Watson. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we have a game. sample size of Deshaun against this defense. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He he crushed the Patriots last year. Um, he did pretty well in tough matchups, except for the Ravens. Holy cow, three fantasy points! But you know what? We have a lot to say about that game. That's the first game we're going to preview. Uh, that game is. Did I get that wrong? That's in Houston. Okay, I'm sorry. I said it was in Baltimore. It's in Houston, 4:25 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Heath, who's someone you really like? I'll go with two, and I'll say the... Can I say the wide receivers in tonight's game? Yeah. Odell Beckham and A.J. Green, they're both a, a little got a little bit, bit of diva in them. It's a primetime game. They had 19 combined targets last week. These two defensive backfields are not very good at all. I think both these guys are going to... Big, big weeks in week two. Okay, and how about players we're avoiding? Heath, who are you avoiding? Um... You know, I don't, I am probably going to avoid, I hate to do this, but Jacksonville. Why? Like just all, all of them. Why? I think Tennessee's defense is really good. And we kind of have this thing, not just us, but like the industry. It's going like three years now where Tennessee's defense has been pretty good. And we're kind of like, yeah, but they're not like a defense you need to avoid. And then at the end of the year, Tennessee's defense is really good. And they've got Jadavian Clowney and they were 
they destroyed this Jacksonville team last year. And so like, I love Jacksonville's schedule moving forward after this week, but I don't really want to start them this week. I don't like what happened in week one where they threw 20 passes was awesome. And Minshew was awesome, but that's not a sustainable plan going forward. It, um, I think they caught the Colts overlooking them. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Adam, you're good at math. What, yeah. uh, what's 2020 minus 1995? What do you mean 25? Okay. 25 years the Jaguars have been in existence, right? Oh, okay. You know how many times they've won in Tennessee? Four. Six. Yeah, I was going to say times. six. Six times they've won in Tennessee in their history. They do not play well as a team there. They get destroyed usually in Tennessee. Heath is right. Um, it's going to be a good test for garbage time Minshew, garbage time Chark, garbage time Chenault, maybe garbage time Robinson or Chris Thompson uh, to see what we thought this Jaguars team would be and these fantasy options will be. So I'm, I'm curious because I think they're going to get beat. I think Heath is right. It's better to avoid them if you can. But we know the flip side of that. You know, it could be it could be a thirty to twenty game, and those twenty points that the Jaguars accrue help you fantasy wise. You know, so that's the type of thing I think you have to sort of uh, look at it from that perspective. Uh, for me, I'm going to avoid Drew Brees if I can. I mean, not having Michael Thomas out there, I know the matchup's fantastic, but um, I, I just don't know why you risk it if you don't have to. Now, there are some people that are stuck. Like I have a, and this is a ten team league where I have Drew Brees and Minshew, <laughs> and so I have a, a tough choice on my hands about what I'm going to do. Um, but I think, you know, Drew Brees without Michael Thomas, he didn't have a great game last week, much tougher opponent. You know, the, the, the Bucks defense doesn't get the credit it deserves similar to the Titans, not the same length of span, but I think you look at, uh, this Raiders defense is certainly beatable even without Michael Thomas, but why risk it if you don't have to. Right. And it's a road game for Brees. Uh, I wanted to point out when we get to that game, stat of the game is going to be. Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams for four games, and Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill for four games last year. And they both were were great, actually. Rodgers had some of his best games. He was on pace for 5,000-plus, a little more than 5,000 yards in those four games. Had a couple of huge games. Patrick Mahomes threw for, like, 325 yards or something or more in every game. Um, had a couple games where he didn't throw touchdown passes, which could be a byproduct of not having Tyreek Hill. But uh, I just thought that was interesting. I'm less interesting with Mahomes because he's Mahomes, but with Rodgers, who didn't even have that good of a year last year, uh, he ma- managed to find a way in good matchups. I believe one of those games was against the Raiders, actually, and he went completely berserk. Uh, Here's my kind of interesting. My fear with uh, Breeze because of Sean Payton and his infatuation with Taysom Hill that he gets too creative and tries to <laughs> do some Taysom Hill things to try and offset the loss of Thomas. And Breeze yeah. is not throwing as much also. All right. Well, Heath, we're going to have to make a decision in our crappy league, uh, crappy team. Breeze or Minshew? Yeah, we're going to start Breeze. Okay, we'll start Breeze. Uh, are you guys avoiding DJ Moore going up against Tampa Bay and the way they've been so good against number one receivers in week one and the end of last year? I'm not. But, I mean, that's probably not surprising if you've listened to this podcast for a few years. I had TJ Moore as a top seven or eight wide receiver at the beginning of the year. And I'm just like, it was one bad game where he got nine targets in the game. I still feel like he's an elite number one wide receiver. And I generally just don't sit those guys. It's easier to do it in non-PPR than PPR because, as we know, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. So, 
you know, if you have other, like I'd start as, assuming he's healthy, I'd start Jameson Crowder over him in both formats because you see a clearer path to him having success given the amount of targets he's going to get, you know? So while not nine targets, nine targets is awesome. Crowder may get 15, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just a matter of, you know, more opportunities uh, for him. So, you know, that's a guy that was drafted after him. I, I don't have my rankings in front of me to tell you who else I would start. How about Deontay more, Johnson? Uh, no, I'm not there yet, even though he had more targets. But, you know, I, I could see Johnson having a better game. It wouldn't shock me. How about A.J. Green? Um, I would start A.J. Green over D.J. Moore. I'd start Odell Beckham over D.J. Moore. You know, so the two guys playing tonight. But, um, uh, you know, th- this is one of these guys, you know, whenever we look at, okay, round well, week one struggles, who can bounce back? He's one of the guys that you hope bounces back because he was a top three round pick in every league. And you saw now another player that they added perform better. Fluky. And how Robbie Anderson got his big numbers, but still he's got the potential to steal production as we saw with eight yeah. targets. I don't even, I mean, I'm not even talking about week one with DJ Moore. I'm just talking about the Bucks. And if they like if they go sure. if they go shut down Michael Thomas, who was healthy for almost the entire game, shut down Michael Thomas and then DJ Moore in week one, we're gonna start looking at them as as one it's, of the truly must sit practically must sit matchups for a number it's, one it's receiver. Easy, and I know this sounds funny, but it's easier to try and take away Michael Thomas because you could commit two guys to him and say, okay, let Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders beat us. It's a little different because Robbie Anderson and what Chris, Chris uh, what what they'll still do with, with Curtis Samuel. I know that sounds funny, but I think it's easier mm. to game plan against Michael Thomas. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, how many of the waiver wire that running? That might have been the stupidest thing. Yeah, I've that's <laughs> Uh, how many of the waiver about it? Like, yeah, that was just dumb. Okay. It's, it's okay. You know what? But it's in, just, in, in my head, it sounded like, you know, you just commit two guys to, to Michael Thompson. I don't think you can commit two guys to DJ Moore. That could be true, but it's just weird that you said something like that and not me. That's, I think that's what people are surprised about. You know, maybe I'm just spending too much time. Probably. And it's, and it's early in the morning. How many of the waiver wire running backs are you starting this week? Looking at Naeem Hines against the Vikings, Benny Snell against Denver, Joshua Kelly against the chiefs. And, uh, Malcolm Brown at Philadelphia. Those four guys, Heath, how many of them are starts for you? Uh, starting Hines and Snell, assuming James Conner's out, obviously. Starting Hines and Snell, flexing Malcolm Brown, and I'd rather not start Joshua Kelly, but like if I if I was in a desperate situation as a deep flex, I don't hate it, but I like Hines and Snell are the two I'm definitely starting. Okay, Hines and only in PPR? No, I'd start, I'll start Hines in both. Okay, fair enough. Well, if you want more starter sit answers uh, before the game begins tonight, join us 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today, a live stream, no commercial breaks, just me. Is it Heath tonight? Yeah. No. Who's tonight? It is undetermined. Undetermined. TBD. Okay. Me, TBD, and your questions, switch.com slash FF today, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. If you, if he's not on Twitch and you're like, gosh, I need more Heath. You can check out the Pick 6 podcast. Heath will be talking DFS every Thursday on the Pick 6 podcast. And big, big news. Amazing, incredible, exciting news. Sunday. If you, you want to watch some football with us? You can do that now. We have the Lowe's. Or we have the FFT Watch Party presented by Lowe's. It's on Twitch. You should just like be on our Twitch channel. Okay, twitch.com slash FF today. Subscribe to it. Uh, follow it. 4 p.m. Eastern. We're basically going to hang around and watch the Chiefs Chargers game. We got guest interviews. We're going to talk fantasy. We're going to talk football. It's going to be pretty awesome. 
So that's 4 o'clock Eastern on Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today. All right, news and notes. Here there are a lot of injuries. Holy cow. Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Do we think any of them are going to play? Well, Evans should play. How about Godwin and Galladay? Uh, we concerned about them playing? Concerned about Galladay. The fact that it's you know now over a week where he's still not practicing, that's uh, that's frustrating. And then Godwin, you know, you just got to hope he clears the concussion protocol. But apparently he didn't show any signs Sunday and Monday, and then he showed up on Tuesday. and uh, Or maybe, I'm sorry, Monday and Tuesday didn't show any signs and, and then showed up on Wednesday and they were concerned. So it's something you got to keep an eye on. Hopefully they're, they're both out there because it's an amazing matchup for Brady. Brady was originally my start of the week, and then with Godwin showing up on the concussion protocol, I, I switched it. You have to start Landry and Boyd over Godwin, right? I mean, if those are your only options, then I would say yes. I mean, if he doesn't practice today, obviously. If he doesn't practice on Thursday. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you have other options, you wait it out. Right. Would, it, would you just pick up Scott Miller? Miller had five catches for 73 yards on six targets. I don't know if... I, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if he's more like the Mike Evans replacement rather than the Chris Godwin replacement. I'm not sure. But Scott Miller, you know, is that somebody oh, worth he would, getting? He would play a lot. Yeah. He's going to play a lot regardless. Okay. Well, he's 19% rostered. So, like, you let's say let's say you have Godwin and you have Landry or Boyd, and you could you could drop someone else and pick up Miller. Do you wait it out, or do you start a Thursday guy? I would probably wait it out. Depends on how good that guy is I have to drop for Scott Miller. Okay. Uh, Miles Sanders practiced in full, so we expect him... The Steelers, look, Ben Roethlisberger's the start of the week, but obviously Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, they miss practice. Uh, if they don't play, it's going to change. But It sounds more like maintenance. Right. None of those guys got hurt in the game. And so, you know, they again, <laughs> Monday night game, mm-hmm. they're probably just giving them the Wednesday day off. Not necessarily the case for James Conner, though, who also missed practice. And we, for, for today's show, we'll just plan on Benny Snell being the running back, and we'll update you tomorrow. Jamison Crowder was limited with a hamstring. Corey Davis missed practice. George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk missed practice. Devontae Parker was limited. That was good. Philip Lindsay's day-to-day. So I gave you a lot there. Crowder, Corey Davis, Kittle, Ayuk, Devontae Parker, Philip Lindsay. Heath, anything jump out there? Big news? Um, no, not really. Like I, I'm a little bit worried about Kittle. I would, if I had George Kittle on my team, I would want to have a backup plan. I think you should just plan on not using Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, like it's, a, it's the Jets, I know their secondary is terrible, but he's just got almost no help at all right now. By the way, IDP leagues, Marcus May had a huge week one. He's the Jamal Adams replacement for the Jets. Played very well. Apparently, he was reading about. That. I know the stats were good. I was reading good things about him today. So I tried to pick him up. I think Jamie might have picked him up instead. Uh, in our IDP league. Uh, I did pick him up, yeah. Yeah, Marcus May. So that's somebody you could take a look at. Uh, All right, Golden Tate limited in practice. Cortland Sutton limited in practice. John Brown missed practice. Do we have any updates on those guys? Jack Doyle missed practice. I think Brown may just be maintenance. I didn't think think he got hurt in the game against uh, the Jets. So just, you know, keep an eye on that. He's clearly got a good matchup this week and is playing very well. Um, I think Doyle should be out there, but you know he's always going to be, I think, an injury risk every week, <laughs> just given the way that he's uh, he's at this point in his career. Carolina defensive tackle Kawan Short miss, was not at practice. That's a, that's a big one. 
Good player on their defensive line. And Denver cornerback A.J. Boye is on IR. It's one of the reasons Jamie likes Ben Roethlisberger so much. IR remembers only three week, minimum three weeks this year. Uh, and this is incredible. Cincinnati President Mike Brown is going to miss his first Bengals regular season game since the franchise was created in 1968. And he's missing it because he's an older guy and he's got COVID you know, concerns and uh, that's just wild. So it must. Not I think it's also a story I read from Dallas that Ezekiel Elliott's mom is going to miss his first game mm. ever since Pee Wee football. She's been in every game for him. I think I bet there's a lot of stories like that. You know, this must be tough for these parents who have just been at their kids' games for so long. Oh uh, well. Anyway, let's uh, let's do some rankings disputes. Sixty second rankings disputes. Two wide receivers in the Houston Baltimore game. Jamie likes Marquise Brown a lot more than Heath. <laughs> Top 20 for Jamie, 35th for Heath. That's Marquise Brown. Heath likes Will Fuller a lot more than Jamie does. Uh, Will Fuller is 26th for Jamie, and he is 10th for Heath. So, Heath, you get the first word, Fuller over Brown. Yeah, like this is one of the problems with my process. And a player like Marquise Brown, who last week had 101 yards on six targets or whatever, like my come into the year a little bit concerned about how many times is Baltimore going to throw? Can Marquise Brown get seven or eight targets a game? Because we don't we don't start receivers who consistently get six targets per game. And even Marquise Brown last year, if you give him six targets, he's getting you like 50 yards a game. That's not somebody that we want to start. Now, he is a unique case, and Baltimore is a unique case, and so I'm constantly struggling with trying to push him up a little bit, but also realizing that he could very easily in this game get five targets and catch three of them for 40 yards. Um, And then, like, Fuller, kind of the opposite thing. Yes, Baltimore's defense very good. The Vegas over-under for this game is still pretty much expecting a shootout. The Houston offense, other than except Baltimore last year, was still pretty good against great defenses. I believe Deshaun Watson's an elite quarterback, and so I just kind of trust that he's going to overcome it. Okay, Jamie, you are lower on Fuller. We still have him as like a borderline number two, and you are very high on Marquise Brown. You know I hate Will Fuller. I I, I (laughs) expect him to struggle. Um I hope Will Fuller does well. You know, I just saw a receiver get double-digit targets against the secondary who's pretty talented, and and he had a bad game. Now, the quarterback situation for Will Fuller is better than the quarterback situation for Baker for Odell Beckham because of Baker Mayfield. But I think they're going to do everything they can to take away Will Fuller, who is dealing with a banged-up running mate in Brandon Cooks who's still on the injury report with a quad injury. And there's really not much else in this passing game. So it's it, it's a concern right now for Deshaun Watson. You know I was very excited about Deshaun Watson as well, but part of that was having those two guys healthy. And so the fact that Cooks is not 100% makes me concerned going into this game where they did a good job in containing DeAndre Hopkins last year as well. I think he had five for 72. So he's still a good player um, in terms of Fuller if he could do that type of production because he did DeAndre Hopkins type things. For Brown, the... Time that we saw him pre-injury last year, those first five games, he averaged seven and a half targets. And I do think that from Heath's point, if you expect the Texans to be competitive, you're probably going to see a little bit more throwing from the Ravens just because by nature of how the game flow could go. So I know they did a great job taking away the deep ball last week for the Chiefs. The Chiefs still should have had potentially four touchdowns from their wide receivers Maybe five. I forget if Sammy Watkins got in on the one where he got stopped at the, at the one yard line. He did. Um, Two plays later. But you had, you had Watkins and Tyreek Hill score and Demarcus Robinson drop two. 
And so, you know, this is not a good defense. This is not a good secondary. And Adam, you said this, uh, I think it was Tuesday or maybe just we were talking off the air. Those guys are always open. They're wide open. <laughs> Mark Andrews yeah, is always, always open. Marquise Brown, <laughs> he could have had a touchdown. He got tackled on the 47-yard reception. If they're going to take shots, I know this is over 60 seconds. I don't yeah, care. quite a if bit. They're take shots, if they're going to take shots to Marquise Brown, he's going to have a lot of big games. So I'll bank on that. With the six to eight target range, I think we'll be probably north of seven, though, if this game goes to the expected total that it could get to. All right. Let's do 60 seconds on Ryan Tannehill. He is rostered in 69% of leagues. Jamie has him 12th against Jacksonville, Dave 13th, and Heath has Tannehill 19th. Jamie, first word, Tannehill's a low-end starter. I'm just tired of betting against him. It's now 10 of his last 11 games, over 20 fantasy points uh, in that stretch. You know, same thing with multiple touchdowns. This Jacksonville team is not good. And so I know we look at last week. They're undefeated. I know we look at last week and they did a good job (laughs) against the Colts. This is not a good defense. Tannehill, I'm just tired of betting against him. Fair you know, enough. Like I, I, I dropped Carson Wentz for him in one league, and I'm playing Tannehill over Carson Wentz. I think there's much a, a safer floor for Tannehill at this point than there is for Wentz. And you're playing him over Breeze, right? Uh, for sure, and over Watson. Oh, okay. Heath, 19th on Tannehill. Yeah, I think this is like, and again, we thought this last week, they, they surprised me a little bit and I just haven't adjusted. They were more up tempo and they threw 43 times, but they also were behind or at least tied for a good portion of the second half of that game. I don't think that's going to be the case against Jacksonville. And he may just continue to be wildly efficient, which he wasn't really in that game. He just got a couple of touchdown passes. The other thing I'll say is last week, 20 fantasy points was 18th at quarterback. Um, It took 25 fantasy points to get into the top 12. I don't know if that will be the case going forward. I have Tannehill projected for 20 fantasy points. I just have 18 other quarterbacks projected for 20 as well. Okay. Carson Wentz, kind of a flip here. So Jamie had Tannehill 12th and and Heath had Tannehill 19th. Heath has Wentz 13th. Jamie has Wentz 19th. So Heath, you're higher on Carson Wentz facing the Rams. Yeah, very excited about the fact that he should get both Miles Sanders and Lane Johnson back. I'm I'm not going to hold last week against him in that regard. I think the Eagles are going to have to throw the ball a lot because the Rams are going to put up points in this game. And so, I listen, Wentz has been a 40-pass attempt per, per game guy for like the last half of a season or last eight or nine games. I think that continues, and he'll be more efficient now that he has part of his offensive line and his best offensive playmaker back. Not so much, Jamie. I'm concerned about the interior of that offensive line because Brandon Brooks' absence, I think you you saw it, that <laughs> Wentz was running for his life, you know, and so the, the right tackle was a spinning top and it was ugly. So Lane Johnson back is a thousand percent upgrade, total agreement with that. But I just don't know if this receiving core is going to be that good to help him right now against where one side of the field is probably negated because of Jalen Ramsey. And I know Ramsey didn't play very well last week. He was facing a much tougher wide receiver group than what the Eagles are going to throw at him as well. So I think uh, get ready to see a lot of Aaron Donald, <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald, excuse me, um, in Carson Wentz's face. And I think it's going to be a tough game for him. I want to see him play well before I trust him. Like I said, I dropped him for Tannehill in one league. I'm dropping him for Tannehill in another league. I just don't have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz right now. And that was why, if you recall, by the end of the uh, draft process, I, dro- I dropped him outside my top 12. I just think this offensive line is going to be a problem all season long. All right, let's do the start-o-meter for a couple of games that we'll get to late in the show if you're not able to tune in for the entire show. Uh, ben Roethlisberger against Denver. We already did that one. So how about Benny Snell against Denver? Start-o-meter, 0-10. to 10. With Connor, 2. Without Connor, 8. Non-PPR, 
nine PPR six. Okay, and that's obviously without Connor. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Gar- uh, Deontay Johnson, J- Deontay Johnson against Denver with Connor. Um, <laughs> uh, six. Yeah, six is fine. Jimmy Garoppolo at the Jets. Zero. Yeah, no, thank you. Raheem Mostert at the Jets. Ten. Ten. Uh, how about Jameson Crowder against the Niners? You know, uh, one thing, I, I, I don't know if you guys talked about this on Sunday night. If he's going to catch the ball like this, he's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah. Forget right. about the touchdown, just the, the, the amount of volume that he's going to get in the passing game. Yep, that was a, probably a career high. I know he, that was four catches for Mostert. He had three uh, once or twice last year, but never four. The most dirt he's ever had. The most dirt he's ever had. And uh, according to Next Gen Stats, the fastest player yeah. in week one. No, the fa- the fast, faster than any running back on any play in all of 2019. It not it funny how the fastest player is always a 49ers running back? Yeah, it was Brita last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, something fishy there. <laughs> um, Jameson Crowder. <laughs> Ten. Assuming he's healthy, 10. Chris Herndon. Four. Four. There's got to be another game. How about um, Paris Campbell? Four in non-PPR, six in PPR. Two, Heath? Two. If they throw 45 passes again, then I will completely change my opinion on Paris Campbell. But I still think they're a 35-pass attempt team. If that's the case, he's a six or seven target guy, and he's no Marquise Brown. Okay, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, seven or eight? Yeah, I would say six in non-PPR, seven in PPR. All right, let's go to the games. Baltimore at Houston. Stat of the game. You know, the Ravens' run defense really might not be so good. Last year, they allowed 4.6 yards per carry to running backs. That's a lot. In week one, 5.7 yards per carry to running backs. But they really almost never give up touchdowns. Since week five of last season, they've given up five rushing touchdowns to running backs. But I do wonder if David Johnson, how comfortable you are with David Johnson, who had something like 11 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown last week. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And three catches at Kansas City. Starter sit David Johnson. I would start him. Duke Johnson's probably not going to play, so maybe those 11 carries now go to 14 or 15. I wonder if, as we saw last week, is the Texans' new MO trying to establish the run as much as they can. New MO? (laughs) That's always their stupid MO. Well, uh, okay, fair enough. He's he's Um, ridiculous. Like He doesn't realize who his quarterback is. He's not calling plays anymore, though. It's his offense, but fair enough. Start him. Yeah, you're not getting away from David Johnson. Like, I'd start Snell over him. Yeah, even in PPR? It's close, but I think if Connor's out, I would. Okay. I'd start Hines over him for sure in PPR. Heath, yeah, how about I'd you? start Snell over him in non and Hines over him in PPR, but okay. not the other way around. Um, would you guys start Kareem Hunt or uh, David Johnson? I'd start Both Brown's running back. Yep. Okay. All three backs. Well, in PPR, I think I might start Johnson over Chubb. We should probably talk a little bit more about Deshaun Watson. He's 10th for Dave. He's 13th for Jamie and 5th for Heath. So what did he do in tough matchups last year? Three points at Baltimore. 33 against New England. And then 24 against Buffalo in the postseason. That was an overtime game. Uh, Maybe he's just better at home in these spots. I don't know. And then you look at what the Ravens did against quarterbacks last year. 
Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, 15 or fewer fantasy points. Almost no. Only two quarterbacks all year scored more than 19 points against the Ravens. That was Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill. Um, that's six point per passing touchdown league. So Heath, you know, not not too concerned. You have you have Watson fifth. I just like there, he's the caliber of quarterback that I'm probably just not sitting. And like even Kyler Murray, who I think is a step below Deshaun Watson, but generally viewed in the same tier. I think I had him eighth or ninth last week against San Francisco, which isn't quite as tough of defense, but it's still a very difficult matchup. I, um, I just think like if you have a quarterback of this level, you're starting him. I, and I'm, I'm not, you know, like where I have him in, in start sit is as the bust alert, which means, you know, you don't have to sit him, but, and 13th, as Heath alluded to, there are a lot of great quarterbacks, you know, so I don't think he's an outright sit. But the, the example I gave, like I would play Roethlisberger over him. I would play Cam Newton over him. You know, I, guys are just in a little bit better scenario than what he's dealing with. And, you know, again, I, I, I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have a great season. But we knew this stretch of games was going to be tough. And so now we'll see how he manages his way through it. But this is just one of those games where why risk it if you don't have to? And so if you have other options, you may want to pivot and go a different direction. Okay. You know what? Could be could be some garbage time production like last week. But and just had, to give you an example, ended up at twenty two um, points. Uh, let me see. I have this right. No, I'm sorry. No, let me see. Uh, I just want to see where Sportsline has him. Uh, who, the guys that Sportsline has ahead of him. Just to give you an example, uh, they have Baker Mayfield ahead of Cam Newton. Ravens are seven point favorites here in the total. The total has gone on the from fifty four and a half. Yeah, on the road, fifty four and a half to fifty one and a half. You know what the implied total is for each team? Because that matters here. Keith does. 29 to 22. Yeah. 22 is not, not a lot. But all right. Uh, David Johnson, we talked about. Will Fuller, we talked about. Not starting Brandon Cooks, right? No. Nope. Not starting a tight end for the Texans. Lamar Jackson is our number one quarterback this Although, week. Keep an eye, keep an eye on Akins. He had a really good training camp, scored a touchdown in the garbage time. You know, if he starts to see an uptick in targets, he could be uh, he could be an interesting flyer. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson's number one. Now, okay, Baltimore running backs. Not not easy here. <laughs> Heath, what do you think about Mar- I, I can't imagine we're starting J.K. Dobbins, even though he scored a couple touchdowns. I don't want to start a Baltimore running back, really. Um, like, this was a situation last year, and we basically spent half the offseason talking, about, and even during season last year, like, Mark Ingram can't keep this up. He's getting, he's scoring on every other pass reception and he's getting 10 or 12 carries a game. And then in week one, he gets 10 carries a game and Dobbins gets seven carries a game. And that was a game they won by 32 points. Right. But like, that, I don't remember. Didn't Dobbins kind of get his late because they were crushing them. Um, yeah. I, I would rather start Ingram than that. Dobbins. And I think Ingram's a good flex. But I don't really want. I I'd be. I'd rather start Benny Snell. I'd rather start Naheem Hines. I would prefer to not start them. I'd rather start David Johnson. Either of them. Okay. Would you rather? Would you start? Let's say DJ Chark or Mark Ingram. Chark and PPR for sure. All right. Jamie, any extremely different opinion there on Mark Ingram? I would start Chark over both, um, just with the hope of some more pass attempts, given the nature of how the game should go for the Jags and Titans. This is going to be a telling game for the Ravens because if it's the changing of the guard and it's going to happen sooner than we think, you're going to see closer to a 50-50 split. Now, Dobbins played more than Ingram, but game flow is what matters here. 
the fact that Ingram still had 10 carries, but 2.9 yards per carry is not what you expect from Mark Ingram. And so <laughs> what was it? Three, you know, 3.1 for uh, 3.1 for that's... Dobbins. But you know, you expect the veteran in his, in his billionth game compared to the rookie in his first game uh-huh. to perform better. So is it a run game scenario for them that they, you know, I think Edwards was just over four yards per carry, right? He wasn't great either. Who Gus? He was un- I think he was under. He had four Gus, for. F- oh no, I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson was the only four, one four for four forty-three for Gus Edwards. Right. That's what I had. Um, oh, Gus had. Okay, I was thinking I'm Dobbins. Sorry. My bad. Um, but this is this is a little bit of a panic sign if you're a Mark Ingram fantasy manager that yeah, right. the the. The, the passing of the torch could happen a little bit sooner than we think. All right, so he's not a great start, bottom line. Um, we talked about Marquise Brown. Jamie likes him more than Heath does. Not starting Willie Sneed, and we are starting Mark Andrews. Start him up. Baltimore's DST, top seven for Jamie and Heath, 14th for Dave. Kansas City is at Los Angeles. All right, so this, I think, is pretty interesting. Do the Chiefs have a good run defense? Well, the last seven games of last season, including the Super, you know, all the way through the Super Bowl, it was very good. Uh, wasn't so good in week one. Why? I don't know. Was it a bad game? Or does the, the suspension of Mike Pinnell, the defensive tackle, have something to do with it? But one thing you just don't see against the Chiefs are running backs getting a lot of carries. So your stat of the game, there has been one running back in their last eight games now, dating back to last season, with more than 14 carries. And that was Derrick Henry, who had 19 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. When you consider there's a bit of a split now with the Chargers, let's talk about these running backs. And, uh, you know, they may not get a lot of carries because you just, you know what happens. The Chiefs just blow everyone out. Uh, Eckler and Kelly. Jamie, how do you feel about them? Eckler's a must start. You know, I, I, I don't get cute. You know, this, this is one of those scenarios where I know people are freaking out that he didn't catch the ball last week because of Tyrod. And this was something that we told you to keep an eye on. So... Assume that they're chasing points. Let's just be silly. Say the Chiefs maybe have a lead <laughs> in this game. Um, I would imagine that you got to put the ball in your playmaker's hands and they'll be a little bit more apt to do so with Austin Eckler in different ways. Now, again, is this going to be a, a scenario where you're getting 19 carries from Eckler and 12 from a second guy? In this case, would be Kelly. So 30-plus rush attempts against Kansas City? No. Um, so Kelly is hard to trust, but... You wonder if there's a goal line situation where they give him an opportunity. Is he going to be their short yardage guy? Uh, Mark, uh, Mark, Melvin Gordon averaged nine touchdowns per game over his last four seasons or scored at least nine touchdowns per game over his last four seasons with the Chargers. So you could see a a setup here for, for Kelly being a short yardage option for them, but you can't trust that. You don't want to start him this week. Right. Uh, Would you guys start either Colts running back over Austin Eckler? Uh, no, but it is close with Taylor. Okay. In non-PPR. Interesting. All right. Uh, then how about, we'll start, we'll stick with the Chargers. Why, you would start Taylor over Eckler? I would. Yeah. Yeah, I I would. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much all systems go with Taylor, especially if he's going to be involved in the passing game, which I think he will be. Uh, and. Oh, for sure he will be. But it is interesting, like. Eckler is a top five running back from last year who got 20 touches in week one. Just, and we're talking about not starting in week two. I think it's a bit. No, no, I'm not saying that. It's just I would start Jonathan Taylor over him. But if we were drafting again today, I would draft Jonathan Taylor over Austin Eckler. And I think this is a bad matchup unless their run defense is really that much worse without Mike Pinnell. And he's suspended I, I just one think more game. Like it, 
the they were bad against the run for half the year and good against the run for half the year last year was interesting coming into the year. But when they weren't good against the run in week one, there's no reason to think they're good against the run. I think that I don't know about that. I mean, what? But it's not. See, that's the thing. It's not just that they're good against the run. It's that they score so many points that teams can't run that much on them. That is what I what concerns me with Eckler. Concerns me to the point where. I would start Jonathan Taylor over him. I'm not saying I would start Benny Snell over him or something like that. I just, I really, it is, very it is, high it is a Taylor fair question himself. where, where Taylor would have been ranked going into this process. If there was no Marlon Mack, you know, let me just say like going into the process, if there was no Marlon Mack is a little bit different than going into this process and seeing how many passes rivers threw to his running backs in week one. It's like, you know, he 17. has that history. Yeah. But <laughs> Mack had three catches. Taylor had six. Hines had eight. That's incredible to me. So I really do think Taylor's going to catch passes this year. Um, this is really for me. Like, I don't want to sit here, trash Austin Eckler. I'm just really excited about. Jonathan no, but Taylor. you could, you could in, in some cases have a scenario where you took Eckler and Josh Jacobs at the end of round one. If you went running back, running back, especially a 10 team league. And then in rounds, three or four, most likely round four, took Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe absolutely. round five. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway, I don't want to get, I didn't want to get too sidetracked here. We're sitting Tyrod Taylor, right? Yes. Okay. What about Keenan Allen? Mike Williams is, is a sit. Um, Keenan Allen, though, you guys have him as like a borderline number two wide receiver. Uh, Heath, what are your expectations? He had two huge games, 70 plus yards and a touchdown last year against the Chiefs. Things have changed, though, for him. Yeah, I mean, things have changed, but he still saw 27% of Tyrod Taylor's pass attempts in week one. And so he got eight targets. I'm not kind of similar to the DJ Moore situation. I'm a little bit more worried about Keenan Allen. I didn't have him as high in the first place, but I would just expect that if Keenan Allen gets eight targets a week, he's going to be a lot better than he was in week one, even with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback. So I'm starting him. And I'm not fully on Mike Williams as a sit. Like, He's a borderline number three wide receiver and a, and a good boomer bust flex. Okay. Um, how about Josh Kelly or or uh, Mike Williams? I'd go Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is safer, especially in PPR. Sammy Watkins or Mike Williams? I would play Watkins. Um, I've got Sammy higher in PPR and Williams higher in non. I mean, they're very, very close for me. So they're both like number three-ish wide receivers? Yeah, low yeah. number threes. Fair enough. Uh, start Hunter Henry. He's a top six in both. It's top six tight ends in, in all formats. Uh, start everybody that you know from the Chiefs, Mahomes, Edward Zeller, Hill, and Kelsey. And we just told you about Sammy Watkins, so don't start Daryl Williams, right? Right. No. All right. Kansas City's DST is right around 12th for everybody. 12th for Jamie and Heath, 11th for Dave. That brings us to New Orleans at Las Vegas. Stat of the game, I already told you about this. It was what Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes did without their best wide receivers last year. Um, so we'll see what Drew Brees can do. But Happy birthday ha- to Mahomes, by the way. Oh, is it his birthday? Well, 25 years old. Imagine accomplishing all that man's accomplished by the time you're 25. Wow. 25 years old. What was I doing at 25 years old? I was living it up in New York City. Yeah, the good old days. Uh, before everybody moved away from New York City. Okay, uh, by the way, Las Vegas right tackle Trent Brown is questionable. He got hurt in week one. Hopefully he can get back in the lineup. We talked about Breeze. If you want to rehash that, uh, I don't remember. Roethlisberger over Breeze. Yeah, don't start Breeze. Don't start Breeze. If you can avoid Breeze, avoid it. Although you guys are starting Minshew over Breeze. That's interesting. 
or not? No, no, no. We're starting Breeze. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kamara. Oh, Latavius Murray. Here's your stat of the game. Your stat of the game is Latavius Murray had 15 carries in week one. And we kind of ignored it. And it wasn't all Good just flex. like salting the game away either. Good flex. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 15 carries this week. Revenge I, game. They, yeah. Like we talked about it, how they were trending before last year into a more conservative manner with their running game. And I would expect that's what we're going to get until Michael Thomas comes back, especially in games where they don't need to throw. So I think Murray's a fine flex. Uh, are any of the New Orleans wide receivers fine flexes? Sanders is now. I mean, you have to anticipate more targets. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to go there with Traquan Smith yet, but they're both going to see more opportunities. And so why not take a chance on Sanders knowing his pedigree and, and what his expected uptick in, in production should be? So, yeah. Uh, Sanders or Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams? Sanders. i take a chance on Sanders. Okay, how about Sanders or Henry Ruggs? Sanders. Sanders. Sanders or Latavius Murray? Sanders. Murray For me, Murray and non-Sanders and PPR. Jamie, I'm a little disappointed that you have Jared Cook only 10th in non-PPR, 8th in PPR. He should be at least 9th and 7th. Something like okay. that. Now, I start Jared Cook. Setup is obviously good for him. I see you have... Jamie has Goddard ahead of Cook. Uh, Heath and Dave do not. Evan Ingram or Jared Cook this week? Ingram. I'm going Ingram. Interesting. Okay. And for the Raiders, we're sitting Derek Carr, although Heath has him 18th. New Orleans, by the way, allowed 20 or more fantasy points to six of eight quarterbacks they faced in road games last year. But take that one. All right. Josh Jacobs is a star. Any concerns about Josh Jacobs against this defense? Not no. really. All right. Start him up. And uh, any other, any Raiders receivers? No, right? Sit them all? Right. Yeah, I would not. The only pass catcher I would play is Waller. Waller? It is. Fifth for Jamie, second for Heath. We like Darren Waller. He had eight targets last week. All right, and the Saints DST, they are top 10. That's a pretty easy game. Am I missing anything there? Nope. No. Cool. Let's go on to the Rams at the Eagles. Who do you think wins this game? I think the Rams win this game, but I think it's a pick 'em. So it is yeah, a pick. I think this game opened with Philadelphia as a favorite and then swung wildly to the Rams as a favorite. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the time we get to Sunday morning, Philadelphia is a favorite again. I think Philadelphia wins. Wow. So this game opened at Philadelphia minus four and a half. Now it's a pick 'em. It also opened 49 as the total. And now it's down to 46 or 45 and a half. But uh, at one point, like yesterday or the day before, I believe it was the Rams were two and a half point favorites. <laughs> Like it has swung wildly. There is a lot of money on this game. Wow. It's an interesting game. Uh, here's your stat of the game Cooper Cup had five targets last week, four catches for 40 yards. That is now six or fewer targets in seven of his last nine games for Cooper Cup. Six or fewer targets in seven of his last nine games dating back to 2019. Now, there's yeah. a guy who I had ranked in my top 12 at the beginning of the year that I kind of freaked out about after one game. He did, though, play 85% of the snaps, so that was good. That's positive. Yes. Yeah, that's positive. Got a lot of Eagles injuries here. We got Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham are injured. Graham might play. Curry's going to be out. Those are two defensive ends. Um, they were just beat up on their defensive line kind of going in, and then obviously the offensive line. We'll get Lane Johnson back. All right, let's talk about Jared Goff here. He's 14th for Jamie and Heath. He's 12th for Dave. 
Um, you just, Jamie, what do you expect from Jared Goff this week? I think he'll throw more. Um, you know, I, I hope he'll throw more. Um, he was a little unlucky, obviously, 275 yards and no touchdowns. But this is, uh, I don't trust Malcolm Brown. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that he's going to, you know, grind out the way that he did with 18 carries and getting, you know, over four yards of carry. So I think this is more of a Jared Goff game than it is a, you know, ground and pound game for the Rams. I also think we're going to find out that the Dallas Cowboys run defense is going to be awful all season. Yeah. I mean, especially they lost Vander Esch. They lost Sean Lee. Yeah. Uh, so they got worse during the game. So, and right. So, so Malcolm Brown had a good game against the, uh, yeah, and McCoy, right. Against the Cowboys. But now he faces the Eagles who were great against the run last week. They were great against the run last year. Don't know how healthy they'll be, but, um, all right. Malcolm Brown, Heath, uh, or Latavius Murray. I actually have Latavius Murray. Like this is one of those where I have Murray projected higher and it kind of feels dumb. And so I might move Malcolm Brown ahead of him in the rankings, but I think they're in the same range. I think you expect pretty close to a similar workload for those guys. Brown probably has a little better chance at a touchdown, um, but Murray probably has a little bit better matchup. They are, I'll I'll lean Murray. Malcolm, I don't know if I said this, I know I said this yeah. on HQ about what Sean McVay said about Brown that basically he he surprised them with how well he did. And I think that they wanted to get the other guys maybe a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But I, I, it feels like you're chasing production if you're starting Malcolm Brown this week. By the way, with Malcolm Brown, uh, Philadelphia and Buffalo are his next two games, and then the Giants in three games. And I thought going in that the Giants were going to have a very good run defense. I have some questions based on the snap counts. They didn't really play their defensive tackles that much. It was very weird, but they should have a good run defense. So he might have really tough matchups coming up, and that means he fails. Cam Akers, only good for him. Uh, Cam Akers is going to have to run better than he did in week one, though, for that plan uh, to work. Right. We can't start Cam Akers this week, right? No. Uh, Last question on Malcolm Brown. Would you start him or Mark Ingram? Brown. I have Ingram a spot higher. Are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both must starts? Yes, Woods for sure, and I would still start Cup. I I would still start Cup, but like I I would start like there's some I would start AJ Green over him, and that's yes. somebody who was drafted long after him. So if that was the decision you had to make, him too. and Crowder too. So there there are situations where where you might sit him. That's like starting Crowder over Cup is pretty interesting because. I'm I'm concerned about Crowder scoring a touchdown. I'm concerned about the Jets scoring a touchdown. <laughs> that 49ers secondary is going to be abysmal. Abysmal? Yes. I know they don't have Richard Sherman, but I don't know about abysmal. They were bad last week. Um, they were bad against one player. And he got well, like so many of his catches <laughs> like basically at the at the line of scrimmage if I This is, this, I know, this is not the game that's going to show the flaws in the 49ers defense, but you're going to see if Sam Darnold has any time, it, that, this, is the, this is the guy yeah. he's throwing. <laughs> if he had, right, it's a good. He doesn't if, need time to throw to Jameson Crowder. Well, Jameson Crowder takes one step and the ball's in his pocket. Yeah, it's just like I'm. I don't even. I'm just having a debate here, right? Like, I, Cup scores touchdowns. He just does. Crowder doesn't. Oh, I, I'm really. sorry. This, that's PPR for me. I would start Cup over Crowder okay. in, in non PPR. Fair enough. I would too. Okay, I think that cool. All right, Tyler Higby. How come he's uh, 12th for you guys, not higher? 
Tyler Higby. He could get a really good situation this week because Gerald Everett's got a back injury, and we saw that was the jumping-off point for him last year. Um, Jared Cook jumped over him is the main reason, I think. Are there any? Hawkinson. Like, like he was only he was only tenth or something for me in preseason, and he didn't do anything in week one that made me think, oh yeah, it's the same thing as it was the last four games of last year, five games of last year. So, so, so uh, are there any others? Like, how about Hawkinson? How about Fant? Would you start them? Over? I would start Hawkinson and Goddard over Higby, mm-hmm. but I would start Higby over Fant. I think Fant's going to struggle against the Steelers. I would start Fant, Goddard, Hawkinson, and Jared Cook over Higby. Carson Wentz, we uh, talked about earlier in the show, 19th for Jamie, 13th for Heath. Um, all right. And the Eagles running back. So are we f- all systems go with Miles Sanders? Yes, but yeah. like I would start Hines over Sanders in PPR. I would start Taylor over Sanders in both. I would start Mostert over Sanders even in PPR. Wow. I Why? would start Snell over Sanders in non-PPR. Yes. Why? You just just want to see, just because you're not fully convinced that he's like 100% and going to be great. But there's yeah, a little bit of re-injury risk and there's right. a little yeah. bit of... You're not, in. you know, again, we're talking about very specific situations. Most people are starting Miles Sanders. Okay. Start any Philadelphia wide receivers? No. Mm-mm. And how do you feel about Dallas Goddard this week? Start him. Start him. All right. Rams DST is top nine, fourth for Jamie, eighth for Dave, ninth for Heath. Let's take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today, and we'll wrap it up with our final few games for the AFC Home Games. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Jacksonville is at Tennessee. Here's your stat of the game. Cattle are the most produced agriculture commodity in Tennessee, followed by soybeans and corn. That is from beef2live.com. So I guess whiskey doesn't count as an agriculture product. (laughs) (laughs) I am not not quite up there with cattle. Uh, All right, so this game here... Yeah, we did talk a lot about this game. Minshew is not really a start. Jamie Dave has him 14th. Jamie 17th, 22nd for Heath. Tannehill, on the other hand, Jamie The Minshew hater. The Minshew hater. I know, right? Two weeks in a row down on Gardner Minshew. So uh, I do have a question, though, about that, Heath, because you, you keep saying over and over again the draft process for you that you're not really altering it too much based on your rankings. Am I explaining that correctly? Right, and I didn't draft him as a starter. No, but you had Minshew, what, right around your top 15th? Quarterback. Yes, this is more of, and we talked about this a lot, the reason that you wait on quarterback is because the difference between the 12th quarterback and the 20th quarterback was like 10 fantasy points over the whole season. And so it's not like there's a, it's easy to move that that more than it is a top six wide receiver out of your top 20. Gotcha. All right. And uh, Tannehill, Jamie likes him more than Heath does. Jamie has him 12th. 
how about James Robinson this week, guys? Starter said James Robinson. It's going to be interesting. Interesting to see how this game goes for him because he was very, very good against the Colts. He didn't have a great fantasy game. He didn't have a bad one, but he didn't have a great one. Um, I wouldn't look at him as a significant factor in the passing game. But again, I think if they're chasing points, are they going to feature him a little bit more in that regard? Or is this Chris Thompson time? So I would probably, I think he said it, he's a flex, but if he's still available on your waiver wire, 10 team league in that scenario, please pick him up because he's going to be their guy for sure. Okay. And who's a better flex this week, James Robinson or DJ Chark? Chark. Chark. You guys are quite different on Chark. Keith, you got him like 35th, Jamie 22nd. I just wouldn't judge the Jaguars receivers based on last week because they're not throwing 20 times a game. So tough matchup for sure. But I think they're going north of 40 in this game in terms of pass attempts. And so if that's the case, I think Chark is going to see close to 10 targets. And like we, you mentioned uh, implied point total when we were talking about Houston and Tennessee. Jacksonville's implied, implied point total is 16 and a half in this game. And so it's just hard to like, that's, that's two touchdowns. And you're hoping Shark scores one of them. Okay. And so I guess that means three last week. That means not bad. (laughs) What do you think about AJ Brown? We're obviously we're starting uh, Derek Henry. What do you think about AJ Brown and Corey Davis? I don't wonder how healthy AJ Brown is. Remember he had this sort of mystery injury at the end of his training camp. And then he didn't look great Monday night. You know, he looked like he was kind of gimping around. I wonder if it was the altitude too, that kind of bothered him a little bit. That drop was weird at the end of the game, like he just whiffed on the ball. Um, so I have a few receivers in the same range. I don't know how you feel about this, Heath, but like A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, um, for me, Fuller, D.K. Metcalf, it's factoring in some bad matchups for Fuller and, Met- for Fuller and, and Metcalf. And some, I, are they going to be really as good as we hope, given the set- setup for these these two guys in terms of, McLaurin and, and Brown. So I'm still starting AJ Brown, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried that he may not be as good right now. He'd, he'd be a buy low candidate for me. If you could find somebody that's willing to trade AJ Brown, I'd try and buy him. Would you start AJ Brown or Cooper Cup? Cup. Cup. AJ Brown or um, Malcolm Brown? Brown. Brown. Yeah, that's the word. Like you just said, Brown. I gave you two players named Brown. We did that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> AJ Brown. As long as you did it on purpose. I knew who you meant anyway. You meant AJ Brown. Uh, Johnu Smith is, you know, borderline start. Not bad. Um, Johnu Smith or TJ Hawkinson? Hawkinson. Assuming Galladay is out. Johnu Smith or Dallas Goddard? Goddard. Goddard. All right. But Johnu's a great start. Uh, Tennessee DST is top seven. Go get them. They're 71% rostered. Denver is at Pittsburgh. Okay. This is a crap matchup for Melvin Gordon. In 2019, the Steelers held Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Marlon Mack, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb twice, Joe Mixon twice, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, and Le'Veon Bell to single-digit non-PPR fantasy points, and all of them except Bell to single-digit PPR fantasy points. 
they loaded up the box, and Mike Tomlin talked about it. They, we knew what our game plan was. We weren't going to be bashful about it to stop Saquon Barkley. Uh, I don't know if they'll have the same attention on Melvin Gordon, but they crushed Saquon Barkley in week one. So Why would they not have the same attention for Melvin Gordon if Cortland Sutton is not there? No, they might. Like what, what's, what, look at the setup for each team. Like, you know, you have running back, most likely the best player on the field for their respective teams. You have a good playmaking athletic tight end. Mm-hmm. And you have young receiver that can make play. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So starter sit up at Gordon. I would try and sit him if you could, but it's very difficult to knowing the implied workload that he is going to get without Philip Lindsay there. So the way I feel about Will Fuller, the way I feel about Deshaun Watson, I feel the same way about Melvin Gordon. You should not bench him across the board, but if you have better options, I would try and look in a better dire- different direction. But I'm starting him over a lot of the guys we've talked about as flexes. I'm starting him over Malcolm Brown. I'm starting him over Mark Ingram. I'm starting him over anyone in Buffalo. I'm starting him over anyone in Chicago. Like the problem we've got is like a fourth of the league right now are these messy committees that we just don't know for sure. And Melvin Gordon's going to get 15 plus touches. So you're probably starting him. So is David Montgomery though, right? I would start Montgomery over him, certainly in non-PPR. And it's close in PPR. I have Montgomery higher in non-PPR. Okay. I think I think you look at, for me at least, like one I struggle with also is Benny Snell PPR versus Gordon because Gordon is going to get probably in the neighborhood of four to five catches. But as we saw, he had three catches for eight yards <laughs> in the game against the Giants. So um, I don't think he's doing what Barkley did as a wide receiver, you know, where he had over 60 yards receiving. But he's their guy. I mean, you know, they're not going to run Royce Freeman out there. So if, if Cortland Sutton plays, would you start him? He'd be a number three receiver, but a high-end number three. If he gets a full practice, then I'll start him. Noah Fant, 13th for Jamie, 16th for Dave, 9th for Heath. So you guys differ a little bit there on Noah Fant, but he's, you know... Look, Evan Ingram could have had a better game. He really could have. He dropped the ball. He ran a crappy route near the end zone. He could have scored. But if Evan Ingram was Noah though? Fant, he would have had a very good game. <laughs> Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Jamie likes him as the start of the week. And I think we've talked enough about Benny Snell. Much better in non-PPR. Okay, so that just brings us to Juju and Deontay Johnson. And Juju's a must-start, right? Yep, of course. And Deontay Johnson, is Deontay Johnson better? Than, uh, Deontay Johnson or Melvin Gordon? I would still start Gordon, but I do think, I mean, I tweeted before the game Monday night. Deontay Johnson's either going to be in the Hall of Fame or be released in every fantasy league based on the wildly different opinions on Deontay Johnson. And that first half, he was getting cut <laughs> in a lot of leagues. But the fact that he had 10 targets is, is the thing you hang your hat on, that they clearly favor him over James Washington and Chase Claypool for now. And Juju. Well, that can, huh? <laughs> Based on targets, they favor him over Juju. Well, I mean, you know, yes, no, you know. can say that just if you're going to go that argument. Just but, kidding. you know, if you're just looking at the secondary guys, he's he's number two. And so I, I'm very, very encouraged by that because he, he did not play well in the first half in the first game with Roethlisberger coming back. And now he gets a uh, very beat up secondary and beat up defense for Denver. I, I'll, I'll go back to that defensive front for Denver had to tackle Derrick Henry 31 times. They are going to be tired. It, it, it just goes without question, the nature of what a human being is, that you have to play Monday night, travel on the road, and after tackling that monster of a man as many times as they did. So I, I just think they're going to have an opportunity to do what they want to offensively for the Steelers. And the Steelers open as five-point favorites. They are now seven-point favorites. Last guy is Eric Ebron. 
Only one catch for nope. 18 yards on two. No? Yeah. No. no. Okay. We, we can just get that. Two one. tight end touchdowns you know, against uh against Denver last week by the Titans. It, Ebron's gonna have some good games and then people are gonna pick him up and then he's gonna have a terrible game. It's gonna be annoying. Steelers the SC. A lot of mouths to feed in this office. Yeah, start the Steelers. All right, we got two more games. We got Minnesota, Indianapolis, and we got Jets, San Francisco. For Minnesota at Indianapolis, um, stat of the game, Indiana hosted both the first professional baseball game and the last Elvis Presley concert. Okay? That's from coolkidfacts.com. So now you know a lot about agriculture. You and started your own concerts. website, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Don't start Kirk Cousins. Do you, like, I know Philip Rivers isn't good, but do you see Sleeper Appeal this week? I don't. Uh, sort of. I mean, uh, in theory, you could see it, but is he any good anymore? <laughs> like, that's the no. thing. <laughs> no, I don't think he is, but gosh, the Vikings, I mean, this is such a good matchup. All right, so as, t- as far as the Vikings go, it's just Cook and Thielen, right? It is just Cook and Thielen, yes. Yep. And then for the Colts, much more interesting team Probably here. for the rest of the year. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, uh, yes. Naheem Hines, like, give me he give me a projection for Naheem Hines this week. I have him projected for man. I've got him at uh, sixty five total yards, uh, five catches, pretty good shot at a touchdown. How many carries? Um, ten. Ten carries. Okay. He had eight last week, and that was with Marlon Mack taking up a lot of carries early in the game. Okay. Uh, Colts wide receivers. So, like, how much do you trust T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell this week? Hilton is a high-end number three receiver, and Campbell is a low-end number three receiver in PPR. I would say Hilton's a a low-end number two, which is really basically the same thing as a high-end number three. And I view Campbell as more of a number four just until we see... A little bit more evidence that the Colts are going to actually be the, one of the most pass-happy teams in the league. Okay. this The Vikings did allow the most fantasy points to wide receivers in week one. Devontae Adams, MVS, Alan Lazard all had big games. But as bad as the Vikings defense was last week, they were on the field for more than 41 minutes. Ridiculous. So it won't be quite as bad this week. It'd I don't be think. shocking if the Colts don't try and establish the run. Yes. Knowing what they wanted to do last year. And what their passing game looked like, what Rivers looked like, like mm-hmm. starters at Jack Doyle. That's it. Yeah, this is a, based on last year. It's a very tough matchup, but we don't know much about the Vikings defense yet. Uh, the Packers tight ends did nothing. Not that they had to. They did nothing. And the Vikings DST is 13th for Dave and Jamie, and actually sixth for Heath. Which brings us to San Francisco at the Jets. And I got to go. So start Raheem Mostert. Start Kittle if he plays. Start Crowder. Avoid the rest of this game. (laughs) I think that we're just finished. Heath has to hop off. Jamie and I will talk about this game for just a few minutes here. Um, So the Jets really do have... They had a really good run defense last year. Second best in terms of yards per carry allowed to running backs. And they did a nice job in week one against the Bills. But Mostert is like matchup proof, man. 6.6 yards per carry against the Steelers last year. 7.6 against the Ravens. 6.9 against the Saints. So, um, yeah, what, like, uh, how excited are you? I know he's a start, but how high is Mostert in your rankings? I mean, he's got top 15 upside. You know, the fact that this is going to be an interesting game for Coleman. You know, so we, we know what the scenario was last week about the fires and his sickle cell trait and 
them wanting to be cautious with him. But he played six snaps, you know, and so and, and their running backs performed really well, you know, whether it was McKinnon in the passing game and Mostert in the passing game and Mostert running the ball. You know, San Francisco is looking at it right now and saying, we just had to bring in Mohamed Sanu, who the Patriots last year traded a second round pick for and then released. So it probably tells you the state of Mohamed Sanu right now that he's not going to be great. But Ayuk may not play again. Samuel's on IR and Kittle is less than 100%. So I would imagine it's be conservative, get your win, go home. And Mostert does a lot of the heavy lifting. So I'm not benching Raheem Mostert, especially if he's going to be involved in the passing game. And he's got, you know, I shouldn't say top 15. He has top 10 upside. Okay. Uh, Jamison Crowder or Raheem Mostert? I would start Crowder in PPR just based on the volume of catches he should get. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I know I made the, I was joke, half joking about the 49ers secondary being as bad as it could be, but when they face, you know, an elite passing attack, the thing that has to save them is their pass rush getting to the quarterback and cutting down the time of the passes to the secondary. So, you know, Sherman hopefully will be back soon, um, but their corners are just, you know, in a little bit of trouble right now. And so thankfully they're playing a team that doesn't have a lot of good wide receiver talent. Crowder is just such an inconsistent player throughout his career. He is like the biggest tease. When you think he's going to be a must-start player, he just comes up with duds. Now, when, when did Sam Darnold have mono? Was it week two last year? No, it was week one. Oh, he missed week two. He had it in week right. one. Right. So after the big game against Buffalo last year is when Darnold left. Yep. And then and now we get a chance. Yeah. But then, but then now, like last year as well, Crowder had this really good stretch. He had 76 yards and a touchdown in three straight games. And then what did he do after that? 18 yards, 8 yards, 29 yards, and no touchdowns against Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami. That is Jamison Crowder. I, I, I mean, I just looked at his game logs from 2016, which was, I think, his best year. This is what he does. He is a wildly inconsistent and very annoying player. I mean, I'm in. I'll start him. I'll trust you. And, and, and I, I, like, I, I believe it, but... I'm just, he's always, he always makes me nervous. This is just what he does. It's in his nature. But, you know, usually he has more than one good game in a row before he lets you down. So hopefully it's two or three. It's just the setup, the, the setup, to, like Heath said, Donald has to get the ball out quick. Otherwise, he's going to die in this game. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they have no run game. Frank Gore and Josh Adams are not going to get the job done. Le'Veon Bell probably wouldn't get the job done. So, you know, just, just be smart in how you approach the Jets. <laughs> you know, don't, don't look at it and say, Frank Gore is going to get volume. I'm going to trust him. The only guy really to trust right now is Crowder, and I think eventually Herndon. But for this week, I think Crowder's just in a good spot. Okay. And that's it for this game. Niners DST is number one overall. And that's it for the AFC home games, plus the Rams and the Eagles, which we covered today. We'll get to the rest of the NFC home games tomorrow, and we'll recap Thursday Night Football. Thanks a lot to Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg and all of you for listening. We'll talk to you on Twitch tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Answer your starter sit questions. I'm Adam Azer. We'll see you at Twitch tonight and the podcast tomorrow morning. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 